you don't listen to the heavyweight jumps? Well, they're only the greatest podcast that wrestles with pop culture. You don't believe us? Well, listen to some of their fans. And for those of you that don't speak cricket, here's our translator, Mr. Harlan T. Bobo. It's like cotton candy in my ears right now, man. <laughs> the Heavyweight Chumps. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Every Monday and Thursday, same fat time, same, same fat, fat channel. channel. Welcome to Rock Candy. Hi. Hey. A podcast bringing you sweet and spicy treats of girl power from the good times world of music. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Girl power. Yeah. Girl power. Girl power. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck these boys. I'm talking about fucking month. Time to bring in some fucking ladies. It's lady time. It's lady time. (laughs) Yes. So this week we are talking about. The Spice Girls, obviously. Aren't you all excited? I mean, you should be. We're going to spice up your life, bitches. Yes, people of the world. Spice up your podcast. There you go. With us. We're spicing Ooh. up your earballs. Ooh, look at us. We're your two too much hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And we are too much sometimes. Like right now. I'm feeling like I'm too much. It's fine. You're yeah. just too extra right now. I'm not enough extra. No. Maybe. <laughs> And for our beverages this week, I kind of had to stretch. It's a little bit of a stretch, but I'm making it work. It works. I think it works. We are drinking Holiday Donut Cookie Holiday Ale from Platform Beer Company. Now, it's a holiday beer with spices in it. It's actually very spicy. It's a spicy little beer. They say there aren't any cloves in it, but there's definitely cloves in this beer, which is There's fine. something like cloves. It's, it's clovey. Yeah. But that's good. Yeah, it's all like... They advertise it as cookie spice donut, which, all right, I'm here okay. for that. I get more, I guess, pumpkin pie than mm. cookies or donuts, but yeah. I also like pumpkin pie. So. Yeah, I mean, I like all of it. I was yeah. just, I'm actually really glad to have a spicy beer because it is the holiday season. That's kind of the best part of the holiday season is nice spicy, spicy holiday beer. beers. Yeah, and they're always higher alcohol content than you think. When I turned this and saw, oh, it's 7%. <laughs> You're like, okay. oh, this is a 4, this, maybe. I thought it would nope. be a 4.5. No, it's a 7. And the nice thing about it is you can't tell because it's so sweet and delicious. It's delightful. Right? But also, it is from Platform Beer Company, and the Spice, Gore- Spice Girls wore a lot of platforms. So that makes sense. So it all makes sense, guys. Guys, this makes sense. It isn't because I had 15 minutes in the beer store yesterday and was like, fuck, 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 I need to find something. Where are the spicy beers? Why is there no pumpkin spice beer? Ooh, this will work. There we go. Yeah, I, I don't I don't plan great. I'm sorry. That's okay. We have busy lives. Yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a little up to my nuts right now. <laughs> and uh hopefully shit will sort itself out soon. It will. And we should also shout out to Amber for requesting the Spice Girls. Dear sweet Amber. Dear sweet baby Amber. <laughs> and we, we gave you the the 
the musical group that you do know. Yes. <laughs> There's only so many. Yes. And she knows this. This is her favorite. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So, so we hope we do it justice. We do hope we do it justice. And actually, I will say I had a lot of fun researching this. They are a lot more interesting than I thought they would be. Huh. So. Yeah, you really wouldn't think so. Yeah. But actually, like, take taking each of them individually, maybe except for Baby, they're pretty interesting. Even Baby, like, she's got a really, she's got a lengthy resume. She was on Absolutely Fabulous for a while. So I yes. can't hate her for that. Right? You gotta, you gotta love give her love show. for AbFab. Yes. She was great on it. Yeah. But um, I will not be going too much into the individual lives of the Spice Girls. I'll give you kind of what you need to know in relevance to the story. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they do actually all are pretty interesting people. Mm -hmm. For most of this, I watch documentaries, namely Giving You Everything. Very good one from 2007. Great. They all came together for the interviews. And I would highly suggest watching it. You can get it on YouTube. Easy peasy. There's a behind the music, but it's very it's behind, behind the, the music. music. It's it's sparse. And I think they only got Mel C and Jerry to interview for that one. Oh, well, that's so. only like two fifths of the story. Right. But of course, Posh wouldn't talk to behind the music. Whatever. I don't blame her. I don't know if I would talk to behind <laughs> You know what? I, ooh, God, if I were ever in that position, would I or would I not talk to behind the music? How much will they pay you? To talk mm. to behind the music. Mm. That's fair. How much of my story needs to truly be told? Yeah. How honest do you want me to be? Because I don't want to be honest. <laughs> Ever. I'm going to lie to all you motherfuckers. Anyway. I won't lie now. Because I'm going to roll into the story. So let's fucking head into this shit. Word. Alrighty. So I want you all to sit back and imagine a time dominated by fabricated bands created by wealthy record execs in big, bougie boardrooms. And most of the time, these bands were made up of men who were objectively attractive and each served for their own purpose so they could market, to, you know, to women of different tastes. The time was 1998. Yep, it was the <laughs> 90s! Yes! <laughs> who remembers the 90s? Me! Me. Yay. And the songs were written by musicians who had the talent but not necessarily the looks or the voice to go out there and do it themselves. So rarely an instrument was seen on stage, if ever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, rarely the songs were written by anyone but, you know, some guy backstage. Mm -hmm. But arguably those dance moves were fierce. They worked very they hard. Worked very hard on those fucking Instinct dance moves. and Backstreet Boys worked very hard. And Britney Spears, she still works very hard on yeah, her dance no, moves. No, so. you know what? Like, I can't fucking dance. I have tried for, like, probably 25 years of my life to be able to dance. And then I finally had to accept in my mid-20s. Like, you can't dance and that's okay. And just that's point fine. your fingers to the sky and just shake your butt. Pew, pew. That is the Maggie dance. That is 100% the Maggie <laughs> dance. Oh, if you're ever fortunate enough to be graced by my sweet it's dance moves. It's a sight to be seen. Is it? <laughs> Someday, people will come out on safaris searching for the oh elusive dancing Maggie. 
I mean, you just gotta give me like a six pack and some sweet '90s jams, and I will fucking and dance just my butt off. Let you loose on the streets of Troy, New York, and let some people get in a jeep and drive around and try to find you. Oh my god, that'd be adorable. The we Maggie Safari. That. Oh my god, well, you have to get someone like either British or Australian to head the tour. Oh of course. yeah, it's going to be like an old man dressed in full safari gear with the hat. And, like, the Jumanji fucking safari guy. It's going to be that guy. I mean, we're taking applications now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a couple hundred bucks a pop per person in a car. Right. You looking make, looking you... for silver fox Englishman or Australian man. <laughs> Australian man? Uh, you know what? You sure. could be a woman. You don't have to be a man. You can, you can be, be a woman. Whatever you want to be. But I would prefer a middle-aged. You know, so, like, you, you really give off that old and experienced, ta- you know, flavor. Yeah, weathered. Yeah, like you've seen shit. Yeah. Because when you find me, you've seen shit. (laughs) All right, continuing. We digress. So at this time, we're in the 90s. So let's enter Bob and Chris Herbert, a father-son duo who worked at Heart Management and decided they needed to change up the boy band formula. The genre was quite successful, so they thought it would translate just as well if they went with women instead. So, they placed an ad in British entertainment newspaper The Stage asking for women who could sing and dance around the ages of 18 to 25. Approximately 400 women came to audition where they were taught and performed choreography and sang solo pieces. And out of this, only five were picked to be part of this epic girl group. I remember seeing footage of this audition. Oh, yeah. And there, it it's was just, there. like, crawling with women... Yeah. Like trying, and they were like auditioning like ten at a time mm-hmm. or something. They would they would put them in clusters. Yes, that was crazy. Yeah, I mean that's how they generally do casting calls like that. Yeah. Is you get put in a cluster and you get taught a routine and you got to do it and you got to stand out with the girls you're with. Heaven help you if you're with a fucking star. And that's how they do it on American Idol. Yep, or did yes, huh? sure. Yeah, they did. I have I have not watched that in quite some time. And oh wait, it's not on anymore, is it? You know what? This doesn't. No, matter. wait. They're bringing it back, aren't they? Or was that a fever dream I had? Like I hope last it was time a fever I was really dream. sick. I don't remember. Here's to fever dreams. <laughs> There's a lot of things in this world I wish were fever dreams, and they're not. Yeah. I hope that really is one of them. I don't know. Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> It's one thing this world does not need right now. It's more fucking American Idol. It is more American Idol. No one knew from these small beginnings that what they had on their hands was going to be one of the most popular British exports since the Beatles. Soon enough, these five ladies were going to be the talk of the town around the world, each with their own branded personality to stand out from the others. And of course, everyone has their favorites, mine being sporty. Mine's probably ginger. Right. I mean, this. I think this is on brand for both of us. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was always like, yeah, Sporty. She's me. <laughs> I feel that. If you're wondering who the hell Sporty and Ginger are, where have you been your whole life? Whatever. Who are, who are you? Who are you? But who- let me go into briefly each of the Spice Girls real quick. First, we have the posh one. Victoria Adams was born April 17th, 1974. Making her an Aries, which I'm like, really? An Aries? All right. No, I can see that. I don't know if I can see that. I guess, like, go after for what you want. I just always have... Most of the Aries I've known have been very aggressive. I'm not saying that's a negative. It can definitely be a positive. Oh, I can see her as being aggressive behind the scenes. Oh, okay. Certainly. Don't make a show of it. Be nice and professional in person. But behind the scenes, get what you fucking want. She 
Girl, girl did. And that is David Beckham. She wanted David Beckham and she fucking got him. <laughs> Holy shit. Yep. No, she 100% saw him at a thing and was like, hmm, I David Beckham. I want that. And she got it. You know she what? She did. As much shit that I talk about Posh, good for you, girl. She She's she living her it. best. She's hashtag living her best life right oh, yeah. now. She has like five kids. Yeah. That's and so many kids. like the oldest one is like almost 20. Yeah, that's a lot of kids. And it's an old child. Yes. I feel old. That makes me feel very old. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> so Victoria was the oldest of three to a hairdresser and an engineer. She claims to not really have had any interest in performing until she saw the musical fame. And then she fell in love. Victoria's family was rather well off, and because of that, she was bullied at school. It got to the point where she begged her father not to drop her off at school so the kids wouldn't see her coming out of his Rolls Royce. Oh, poor Posh. I mean, she at least knew how to read a room. Yeah, true. I'll give her that. And nobody deserves to be bullied, so. Yeah, don't, don't. If you're rich, like, just talk shit behind their backs. You don't have to bully them. Come on. Yeah, come on. Be a decent (laughs) human being and talk behind people's backs. Come on. At university, she studied dance and modeling, and afterwards, she moved to London to try her luck as a dancer. When checking out an ad asking for a smart, hardworking, enthusiastic girl to help start up a music group, it's likely she didn't have high hopes that this would actually turn into a serious gig. And that brings us into the next one, Scary. Hmm. Melanie Brown was born on May 29th, 1975. A Gemini, which I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's split personality. <laughs> Growing up in Leeds to an English mother and a Caribbean father and cousin to British actor-director Christian Cook, which when I looked up his stuff, I didn't really know it, but... Yeah, no. If you've heard what of Christian Cook... In? I don't remember now. Oh. I just oh. remember not knowing it. <laughs> Here's the thing. If I know it, it's going to stick out. If I don't know it, it's it's gone to the booze. And some English dude. English stuff. He's an English guy. Mel B. knew from a young age that she loved to sing, dance, and act, anything to be up on stage in lights. So that's always what she pursued throughout all of her schooling. And she was basically pretty much still in college when she went to an audition advertised in the stage newspaper. And then we have Sporty. Melanie Chilsom, born on January 12th, 1974 in Whiston, England, making her a Capricorn. Oh. Shout out to Wait, what was her birthday? January 12th. Oh, okay. Cool. The only child to her parents who did eventually divorce, but she was heavily influenced by her mother who would sing in bands ever since her teenage years. In addition to a love of performing, Mel C. always tended to be on the athletic side. As a child, she went to dance classes all the time, but she also did karate. Mm. When it came time to pursue a higher education, she went to the Doreen Bird College of Performing Arts in London to study performing arts and specifically to obtain a a certification to teach dance. Hmm. And when she saw an advertisement in the stage for girls to perform in a group together, at her audition, she decided to sing I'm So Excited because it was the only music she had sheet music for. Okay. (laughs) Which was adorable. There's footage of her singing I'm So Excited for her (laughs) audition, and it's adorable. And arguably, she's the best singer, so it sounds yeah. really good, too. Yeah. I'm not trying to diminish her by saying it's adorable. It's just really cute, because she's, I, like, little baby sporty. But I assume out of all of them, she's the one that nailed it. Oh, yeah. They probably sound like, well, she's, I mean, she's the voice. They did decide she was going to be the voice. Yeah. They knew. Then we have the ginger one. Geraldine Hallowell was born on August 6, 1972, in Hertfordshire, England. Leo? Yup. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. Fiery. Girl is a Leo to the max. (laughs) 
The daughter of an Englishman and a Spaniard, Jerry grew up in a multicultural household where she learned to speak both English and Spanish fluently. Around the age of six, her father saw her potential for performing, so he took her to a talent agency to start up a small career. Despite how well Jerry did and how excited she was, her mom did not want her to have any involvement in showbiz until she was 16. She told her daughter, quote, I don't want you to be the next Judy Garland and end up killing yourself. What? Right? That's, that's, a, that's harsh, a mama bear. Harsh words for a young Damn. child. But also like, burn on Judy Garland? Yeah. Damn. She was a very talented woman that had a lot of demons. That doesn't mean <laughs> your she, daughter is going to <laughs> off herself because she goes into the fucking music show business. I can also see too, though, like how parents would be protective of their kids in yeah. show business. And but I maybe- suppose... Maybe you didn't have to put it that way. But I suppose to a point you kind of want to scare your kid into not doing it. Yeah. So, but also you could have done it in a different way. Right? Maybe? Maybe. Well. I don't know. Who am I to tell Ginger Spice's parents how to parent? Right? Seriously. We have no say. And I mean, clearly, it didn't scare her away because when she answered an ad to audition for a girl group, by that time... Jerry actually had a little bit of experience under her belt, namely as a topless dancer, as well as a dancer and presenter on the Turkish show Let's Make a Deal. Yeah, <laughs> That's she, was awesome. on, she was on Turkish Let's Make a Deal. So how old was she when she auditioned? She must have been like college aged because she's right. the oldest. She was 72. She was born in 72. So she had a couple years on the girls, but she must have been either fresh out of college or maybe even still early 20. She must have been fresh out. Yeah. A little fact that many don't know is that Emma was not in the original final lineup. Oh. Mm. That spot went to a woman named Michelle Stevenson. She worked with the girls for a few months, but the reason she left is up to debate. Michelle claims she left because her mother was diagnosed with cancer and she wanted to be with her, which I'm going to say is probably the reason. But Bob Herbert says... It was because she wasn't fitting in with the rest of the group and they needed somebody who was going to jive better. She's like the original C in TLC. Oh, that's right. Chili was not the original Chili was C. was not the original C. C stood for Crystal. And she was out of there before their first <laughs> album came yeah. out. Uh, nobody knows Crystal. Yeah, nobody like, knows Crystal. Just like nobody knows Michelle Stevenson. So Yeah, no. I don't, I don't know. know what spice she would have been. But. I don't know her. I do Oh, damn. We didn't have to Mariah carry her. (laughs) Another little known fact is that the group was originally called Touch, not Spice Girls. Oh, boy. Yeah, right? Yeah. Good good move renaming them. Wow. What happened was, after they worked on a song called Sugar and Spice, Jerry came up with the name Spice around the same time that Michelle had left the group. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a whole rebirthing. It became Spice Girls because there was a rapper named Spice at the time. So Ah. they didn't want to confuse the two. Okay. So finally, we have the baby. Emma Button was born on January 21st, 1976 in North London, England. An Aquarius cusp, so... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Despite her parents' divorce when she was 11, she was raised in a rather Catholic household. In her youth, Emma began modeling for products like toothpaste and toys. She attended the Sylvia Young Drama School in London, where she got the experience that helped her land small bit roles in shows like EastEnders, The Bill, and To Play the King. So she was already doing TV at a young age. Mm -hmm. 
And then, of course, just like the others, she answered an ad in the stage to audition for a girl group. Emma just had to wait a little longer than the others to take part in what would be known as the Spice Girls. Something that really stood out with these girls is that none of them were especially gorgeous. They were all fine dancers, and some could really carry a tune, and others were nothing special as far as vocals go. The Herberts weren't looking for unattainable personalities. They wanted you to look at these chicks and relate to them and want to be their friend. And when you look at their audition videos, you can totally see it. Yeah. They all look like regular girls. They look like us. Girls. Yeah, they just look like regular chicks who... They aren't polished at this point. They're not at a professional level. They're just like, hey, whatever. Like, I put my hair in pigtails and I put on a cute skirt, but whatever. It's just like, you know, when we were in our 20s after college, I'm like, I don't give a shit. I look good. (laughs) And you're like, you did not look good. Why did you think you looked good? I did not look good. You did not look good. No. Almost immediately, these five ladies were put into a house together Heart management had the girls hit the ground running and they immediately began to create demos and work on dance routines. The material they were giving was that very generic young pop sound, as do you do. Nearly an entire year had come and gone while they lived and worked together with no contracts or gigs to show for all of their hard work. Their financial advisor for the company, apparently refused to give them a contract because he wanted the girls to realize any one of them was expendable. Yeah, put the fear in them. Yeah, (laughs) so that makes them work harder and, like, more stressed and all this bullshit. Yeah. And they're young and they don't know. You know, they're in their early 20s. You don't don't really know. That's That was a shitty move. Oh, it it definitely plays off as a shitty move. Don't you worry. (laughs) Finally, Chris Herbert organized a showcase event for industry professionals where the Spice Girls could potentially find a recording contract. They had impressed the crowd, not by being especially talented, but by having the larger-than-life attitude that is so essential for any pop supergroup. But the biggest thing standing in their way was their management. The showcase was mostly put together by the girls themselves. They did their own hair, their own makeup, their own costumes, Mm -hmm. all of that shit. Chris Herbert just kind of got the people, butts and seats, basically. So he was basically just a promoter. Yeah. Pretty much, but they did the real, like, legwork of selling themselves. After this, they began to feel as if management wasn't doing as much as they could for them. With the positive reaction from the showcase, Bob Herbert wanted to go ahead and get them into a binding contract, and it made the girls a little dubious. Mm Mm-hmm. As it should. They're starting to kind of wisen up a little bit at this point. Afraid to be beholden to heart management's very different vision of what the girl group should ultimately be, the Spice Girls made a bold-ass decision. One night in January 1995, this is like midnight, middle-of-the-night shit, they packed up their personal belongings as well as their demo tapes, and they left the house they were living in to go out on their own. No notes, no warnings, just deuces. Damn. They just left. Well, did they have any contracts binding them? No. At this point? Then what the fuck were they staying there for? I don't... Nobody ever talks about, and I couldn't really find anything on the legalities of them taking the demos, because they took the master tapes. Yeah. And as far as I know, nobody got sued. Nobody... Chris Herbert was obviously very hurt about it. Right. But what did he expect? Like... He's like, I wish they would have talked to me. But at the same time, they were scared. I think they saw... They finally began to realize... Oh, wait, we have something here. Whereas 
heart management is all, yeah, you have something and we want it. We don't want you to have any control over it. So they're right. scared. They're going to run out in the middle of the night. Right. Running out in the middle of the night is something a scared woman does. <laughs> you know, a secure woman in her relationship ain't going to like say, so let's, you know, leave. Yeah. Without telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who is happy is not going to leave. Mm. Somebody who is terrified. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, young and impetuous, too. Yeah. But at the same time, at this point, I think they just took too much shit and said, we need to go. Yeah. We need to get the fuck out. They pork chop sandwiched the fuck out of there. Get the fuck out of here. They fled to Sheffield, England on little more than a couple unemployment checks and met up with songwriter-producer Elliot Kennedy, who was at their showcase. He believed in them enough to have them move in with him and help them approach labels for a contract. So, a couple months were passing by, but at this time in the 90s, everyone was about the boy bands and had little to no interest in girl groups. So this is where they truly had to let their personalities shine over anything else, and the girl power movement was born. Each Spice Girl stood out as their own entity, and they took away the mushy songs about boys and instead sang of friendship and self-confidence. Which is kind of awesome. Yeah. And it's something I didn't even really think about until I was researching for this. They don't have a ton of like, ooh boy, I love you. It's a lot of like, you're cool boy, but like, you fuck with my friends. I'm gonna kick your ass. Yeah. To the curb. (laughs) And it's true too. They really cultivated their own personalities and it made it so any girl watching them could look at them and say, that's me. That's who I am. I mean, that's why I love Sporty, because I was a little bit of a tomboy when they came out. And I've mm-hmm. said, out of all of them, yeah, Sporty's the one I relate to. I wish I could be Baby, but I know I'm never going to be Baby, so I'm going to be Sporty. Yeah. Because I think, like, a lot of little girls want to be Baby. And a lot baby? of the older girls wanted to be Ginger. Yeah. I feel like you start at Baby, you end at Ginger. <laughs> You're doing it right. They are the two ends of the spectrum. They really are. Everybody else is in between. Yep. They finally caught the attention of Simon Fuller, who is a big GD deal in the music industry. He's not just a dick on American Idol. He was actually a really big... uh, Was he a producer? Uh, Well, he he basically created it. Created it? That's not a word. He created American Idol, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of American Idol... (laughs) Maybe We're never going to get away from America. Maybe it's not a fever thing. dream. But no, he's also managed the likes of Annie Lennox, Amy Winehouse, Manager, Lisa Marie Presley, Aloe Black, a lot more. Yeah. Like he's, I mean, like say what you will about Simon Fuller, but. He was already a big deal. Yeah. Back then. Like, he's, like we just didn't know because he managed English bands and English yeah. musicians. He doesn't, he dabbles a little in American artists, but mostly he yeah. is. The reason why a lot of the British people we know are so successful. With his help, the Spice Girls were signed to Virgin Records in September 1995. And not only that, but he was crucial in helping the group polish their sound and tighten up their routines. He brought them that level of professionalism that they were missing. And you can tell by this time, they didn't really look like the average chicks that you saw in, like, the home videos anymore. Oh, yeah. They, they were, were starting they to... They were a little polished. They had to be. Yeah. Oh, trust me. They had to be. Yeah. And I'll get to that. <laughs> They're signed in 95, working on an album, all that good shit, but now enter Wannabe. Yep. If you are of an age to have memories from 1997, then you will remember that that song was everywhere. Yep. All the time. Yep. And I fucking loved it. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. I like, I, I didn't know. even... Was I? was I 13? 
12 or 13. Yeah, I was all about that song. It was so prolific at that point that I didn't even like the Spice Girls. I did not actively listen to them. I never owned an album or anything. Oh, I loved that. But I know every (laughs) single word to Wannabe. And I can conjure it up in my head right now. You know, I will say, I do enjoy the Spice Girls. I do enjoy their music. But Wannabe has gone the way of Smells Like Teen Spirit. If I never hear it again, that's fine. (laughs) I'm still okay. That's totally fine. I'm still okay with Wannabe, but like... It's it's almost reached the the top rim of the glass. Oh yeah, you know, and yeah. and once it spills over, it's that it's that very fine line of okay, but maybe a little bit spilling over. Yeah. If I go one week and I hear it like three times, Oof, then I'm that's done. It. That's it. That's it. It just it's just gonna take one you week. Just need one throwback just, weekend on I the just radio. Need one throwback weekend and one too many times hearing it. That's and, it. And my cuppeth floweth over. God help you if you hear it more than two times. <laughs> God help me. <laughs> well, the song itself was written as a collaboration of lyrics the girls had come up with beforehand and help with producers Matt Rowe and Richard Stannard. It only took a half an hour to write as the session became a total creative frenzy. A lot of it was phrases and inside jokes with the girls. For example, the classic zigga was something the girls made up and thought it would be hilarious if they put it in a song. But that's kind of awesome that they're in on the writing yeah. of this song, which is not something Yo, you can say for any boy band at up. the time. Seriously. Like, they fucking wrote their own songs. Yes, with help, but they wrote their own songs. They at least co-wrote their own songs. Yeah. Yeah, most boy bands and a lot of the pop girls and pop boys... They didn't write them at all. They songs. had songwriters yeah. just with a fully formed song just send it to them and they pick and choose whichever ones they want what do you think sia was doing before she became a faceless performer she was writing your songs for christina and britney exactly your girl over there was writing your songs this song took the fuck off it reached number one around the world and it made itself cozy at the top of the charts here in the u.s it debuted at number 11 and at that time became the highest debuting british act since the beatles came in at number 12 with i want to hold your hand And soon they were to be known as a second coming of the Beatles in terms of worldwide pandemonium. The music video was a large undertaking for the group. Most notably, it was all one continuous shot. So they needed to get it right and they had to spend a lot of time working on the choreography. Quote, unquote, one continuous shot. They said there was. It's not one continuous shot. Those fuckers lied to me. Yeah, there are... You can tell that there are at least two parts in the video. It pans from one side to the other. And you can see that it's kind of like split together. Mm-hmm. So there's, they probably did like, did it in three parts, three okay. or four parts, and then spliced them together, but made it look like the camera was panning, but really it's it's spliced together. Damn, those fuckers are keeping a deep secret. Nobody will admit to it. Yeah, the that's the thing. There's a lot of videos out there that are quote unquote one continuous shot, but they're really not. Huh. They just do some camera tricks to make it look like that. You know, it's not a camera trick. That sweet fucking back handspring that Sporty does in the yeah. middle of it. On the on the table, on right? On the fucking table. I, just, I remember seeing that and being like, she, she, do, she did that. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. So maybe even if it wasn't one continuous take. That was real. That was fucking real. Well, the execs at Virgin hated it. 
Why? They didn't, they didn't like the lighting. They hated the pure chaos of it all. They said it looked sloppy with the girls running into furniture. You look sloppy. Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Take that virgin execs. You look sloppy. Circa 1996. <laughs> you bitches. One, of course, it was too sexy with Ginger's showgirl outfit and Scary's visibly erect nipples. It was apparently quite. Oh yeah. It was apparently quite cold that day. Yeah, she had headlights for days. Ooh, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like, we have nipples. Who knew? You know what's gonna sell records? Nipples. Visible nipples. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you uh need to sell some records? I got some nipples for you. Oh, I got some nips. Is it cold? Should we just like start sticking nipples? Like, like fake nipples on CDs to sell them. I wonder if that would help. But then Walmart and Kmart won't sell them. Well, does Kmart exist anymore? Barely. Oh, well, good for you, Kmart. Sure. Sure. In the end, the girls refused to reshoot it. And that shit paid off for them because it is still known to this day as one of the most iconic music videos. That's kind of awesome that they refused to reshoot it. And they were just like, all right, fine. Yeah. Girls owned their shit. They said, no, this is what we do. This is how we roll. This and you're going to release doing. it, and it's going to be a hit, and it was. Oh, guess what it was? Because we're not fucking stupid. Yeah, right? And around this time is when we started to get the names to know each girl by. In July 1996, with the release of their debut single in England, they were being interviewed for a UK magazine, where the journalist couldn't be bothered to remember their names, so he just began to call them adjectives. <laughs> First, okay. came, first came Posh, clearly due to her upper middle class background. Then was the rest. Baby was the youngest and frequently wore her hair in pigtails. Sporty's athleticism got her her nickname. Scary came from her loud, in-your-face personality. And Ginger because of her fiery red hair and saucy attitude. Saucy attitude. That was my, that was my description. <laughs> she had a saucy attitude. So that's where all their nicknames came from. Like tomato sauce, because it's red. Oh. Get it. In September 1996, their debut album Spice was released and was a total worldwide success. It went eight times platinum in Europe, seven times in the US, six times in Australia, two times in Japan. You get where I'm going here. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of fucking albums and a lot of fucking money and a lot of fucking nipples. (laughs) So many nipples to slap on the cover of those things. (laughs) Guys, we don't have enough nipples. This album was one of the first times you had both young girls and grown-ass women running to the record store to get in on these sweet jams. Spice was accessible to all audiences, with other singles like Say You'll Be There and To Become One, which apparently in England is considered a Christmas number one single, because it became number one on Christmas. That's the thing in England. So now they associate it with Christmas? I guess. I feel like I heard about that somewhere. Like, they called it a Christmas song. Or I saw it on, like, a Christmas compilation. And you're like, but that's not... From England, I'm like, that's not a Christmas song. But I guess it's a Christmas song for them. Which, I mean, like... Is it because they're wearing coats in the music video? (laughs) I don't understand. They don't know what coats are in England, so they must use them in this video. (laughs) Except they do, because I feel like in England they wear coats all year round. Mm-hmm. They have very fashionable coats. They so do. Well, you. they have to, because, yeah, it's pretty much cold in 30s all year round. It's basically completely 100% unpredictable every day of the year when yeah. it comes to England. Yeah, it's a little bananas. 
In addition to being loved by the masses, companies like Pepsi, Polaroid, and Cadbury were chomping at the bit for sponsorship deals. Cadbury? They had candy bars. Yeah. That's funny. That's it cute. Is. Oh, and that's, I was just scraping the surface. Like, they had deodorant. They had a bunch of shit. It's just funny because the only Cadbury ad I ever think of is when Easter comes around oh, and they the do the Easter bunny auditions. Yep. And you have the lion. The bunny, the lion. The- yeah. Also, Cadbury to us, the Cadbury eggs we get is very different than actual Cadbury. Like the candy bar? Yeah. In England, Oh, yeah. The candy bar is delicious, but the eggs are disgusting. Wait, the little eggs or the big eggs? The big eggs with the cream in them? Yeah, that shit's gross. Those are disgusting. The little baby eggs, though, the like the little eggs. What do they have? Do they have something in the middle? It's just Cadbury chocolate and it's fucking delicious. Straight up regular Cadbury chocolate is delicious. It's better than Hershey's. Everything is better than Hershey's. <laughs> Not Palmer. <laughs> That's just garbage. <laughs> they just garbage. They painted brown and called it That's chocolate. That's like white trash chocolate. That's like, Ooh. oh, that's disgusting. That's trailer trash I chocolate. I don't know who that's a burn on. Is that a burn on Palmer? Or is that a burn on white trash? Burn on white trash. Because Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> just chill out the extra dollar for Hershey's. Yes, please. Now, it's not all sunshine and rainbows for these ladies, because let's not forget, they're based in the UK. We've been talking about Cadbury chocolate, so hopefully you didn't forget that. (laughs) And you know who's the worst? The British tabloids. God, they are. They're the worst. Like, if you think that American paparazzi are bad. Like, stuff like People Magazine and Us Us, Us Weekly. Yeah, those things suck. That is... Those are terrible. They suck. Those are shitty. I don't like them. But... British tabloids? Whoa. British tabloids and paparazzi are the reason Princess Diana died. Yikes on bikes. Yes. With fucking British tabloids. They yes. are the worst human beings in the world. They will literally... I don't know how they fucking sleep at night. They will literally kill people to get a story or to get a photo. They will do anything. So so what do you think happens when you become the biggest pop star in the world? Yeah. Yeah. The Spice Girls were constantly hounded and harassed and stalked by these quote-unquote journalists. I don't know what else you call them besides garbage people. I kind of do the... Okay. So I know that there are laws regarding paparazzi in America. Mm. I don't know what the laws are in England, but I I feel like there are laws in England. Do they have laws? I don't think they do. Are they just extremely lax laws? Yeah, I think they must be lax. Because it's not just... Britain, it's Europe in general. They're really fucking bad. Yeah, they they don't they don't give you your privacy. No. Well, no matter what the girls are doing, big or small, you better believe they were there. They had a real field day with Ginger, especially who had a pretty racy wardrobe and was sometimes a little, you know, little short on the dress, little low cut on the dress. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was one awards ceremony where they went and her she there was a nip slip. There was totally a nipple just popped out. Because she it happens. She wore some real low cut dresses and I don't think she I think she thought her boobs were smaller than they were. I wanna be like, Ginger, <laughs> you're like at least a C, if not a D. Girl, you gotta get more support on those boobs. Mm-hmm. I mean you don't have to, but like I'm just uncomfortable for my tits watching your tits. Anyway, when they met Queen Elizabeth and Prince Charles, they made headline news for Ginger and Scary kissing Charles on the cheeks. And Jerry not curtsying for Elizabeth out of fear that she might spill out of her dress. She said, I can't curtsy because I might spill out of my dress. Okay, well, maybe at that point you should pick a different dress. 
Yeah, I don't know. Just this one time. Yeah, just just to make your life easier. I don't give a yeah. shit what you wear. I'm just I'm just thinking about like what's gonna make your day easier. Just like so the tabloids aren't like Oh, you disrespected the queen. I mean, like, also the, like, credit for not giving a shit about, like, I couldn't sit comfortably all day in a dress where I'm like, I'm gonna fucking pop out of this. Yeah. But also, like, who really gives a shit because the monarchy is kind of a dated and useless thing at this point. I mean, I don't really give a shit about the queen. I don't care if you hurt her feelings. Good. You know what you did? If you don't curtsy, it's not the end of the fucking world. She'll get over it. Yeah. She has eight corgis to go home and pet. So, like, I don't feel bad for her at all. She's also 500 years old and probably doesn't really give a shit who curtsies to her at this point. New conspiracy theory. She's Lady Bathory. Ooh. That's a good one. I think it works. For these ladies, being themselves got them both praise and criticism, which was pretty fucking exhausting. But you know what? You know the best way... To combat work fatigue and just overall general exhaustion. Let's do more work. Yeah. yeah let's do it. That's let's, a good idea. Let's make a movie. Yeah. Yeah. That makes mm. sense. Yeah, let's do that. Already being compared apples to apples to the Beatles, it only made sense to do a Hard Day's Night-esque film that used comedy to mirror a lot of what the girls were going through. And from that, we get Spice World. Featuring Meatloaf. Yup. And Alan <laughs> Cummings. And Meatloaf. Mostly... Meatloaf. And Norm. Norm. Oh, yeah. Norm's in it. <laughs> yes. The movie starred the Five Spice Girls and Meatloaf and Richard O'Brien and Alan Cummings and Norm. I can't remember Norm's actor's name. I just know Norm. Yeah, no. He's Norm. Sorry, Norm. The film had a successful box office run in the UK as well as the US, but it's not what I would call a good movie. It had about eight different plot lines. None of them made sense. <laughs> right. None of them were resolved in the end. But you know what I would say? It's an awesomely bad movie. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, it's a great drinking movie. Yes. Oh, my God. It is just fun. It is fun. Did it Did it get any... What Are they Razzies? Um, they were nominated for several, but I think they only won one for Worst Actress, which was the Collective Spice Girls. <laughs> Whatever, like that's good hilarious. For them. That's good great. for them. You know what though? The fucking film ended up making 151 million dollars worldwide. <laughs> so really, who's laughing now? Uh, I mean, one plot line is that their friend is nine months pregnant and they're dragging her to a rave again. If you bring your friend to a rave, she's gonna take ecstasy. Yeah. And when you take ecstasy, you're gonna give birth. To the baby from Allie McBeal. (laughs) Yes, you are. That's what's going to happen. If you are over nine months pregnant because she was like two weeks late. Right. um, And your friends drag you to a rave and you take ecstasy. Then you give birth to the CGI fucking freakazoid baby (laughs) from Allie McBeal. That's what happens. That's what happens. Because 90s, guys. Because the 90s and Spice Girls and ecstasy. Yeah. That's how life works. As they were filming, they were also writing and recording the album Spice World. Frequently, days would be split between acting and singing in a blur of efficiency to get this stuff out ASAP. Quote, unquote, acting. Well, they had to be on set. That's still a fucking feat. Yeah. But granted, I suppose most of their days were split between quote, unquote, acting and the numerous performance scenes. There are a lot of performance scenes. There's a lot of performance scenes and Scary is wearing an astronaut. 
Sue in a Sue. lot of them. In a lot of them. So maybe she had to split it between singing, acting, and astronauting. <laughs> oh my god. What if the whole time she was Scary Spice was also going to the moon? It was some secret She must have been thing. so tired. Seriously, when do you so sleep? Tired. You don't. The album for the movie was released in November 97, and of course was a chart-topping smash with singles like Spice Up Your Life, Too Much, Stop, and Viva Forever. And even though they were dealing with massive success, the Spice Girls decided that they wanted to manage themselves so they could truly exude that girl power lifestyle. On top of that, they were dealing with extreme fatigue and they felt management cared more about dollar signs than they did about the health of the Spice Girls. So together, they decided to fire their manager, Simon Fuller. Many felt this was a mistake and said Fuller was the reason this group had a true direction. And they might not have been totally wrong. Yeah, because kind this, they that... kind of like were hitting the downhill slope. Yeah, and they might have hit it anyway. Yeah. Quite frankly. Because, I mean, they were fucking everywhere. Yeah, and once you hit the top, there's nowhere else to go but down. Yeah. Alrighty, hold up though. Unlike the Spice Girls, let's pump the brakes here. Mm-hmm. It's important to really look at the toll this was taking on these women. Victoria, Mel B, Mel C, Jerry, and Emma had gotten together in 1994. They busted their asses for a year to get a contract. They got said contract, then busted their asses again to make an album. Then they busted their asses to promote the said very popular album. Then they spent a year making a movie and promoting the movie and that album. Do you know when they had a day off? They didn't. Mm -hmm. They have said in numerous documentaries, we went a full year without a day off. That's insane. That's fucking crazy. They would just have to sleep on planes, buses, and cars. They said, like, there was a month where they had 70 flights. That fucks with your health. Yeah. Like, they... Here's the thing. They're not doing great mentally or physically. Right. Let's be honest. Being in a small group of people with no break is tough. Being an international celebrity, also tough. Now let's combine them and kick shit into 12th gear. Overall, they did get along. They were sisters. They loved each other. But, you know... When they fought, it was ugly. Sisters also fight oh, a lot. They fight hard. Yes. Namely, the two biggest personalities, Mel B and Jerry, would frequently argue about routines or lyrics or just the general directions to head in. And then sometimes even the less vocal girls would get into arguments as well for even questioning some of the group's decisions. Emma has stories about, like, Jerry would just really have it out with me because I questioned something. Mel C was like, on oh, one time Mel B really hurt my feelings because I questioned something and she got mad. They were kind of the more vocal, I wouldn't say leaders, but Jerry was the oldest and felt the need to take on that kind of, like, I'm the oldest, I'm going to be in charge yeah. role. And then Mel B is just, that's just who she is. Mm-hmm. And I think you have the other three girls who are just like, well, I'm just kind of happy to be here. I'm going with the flow. But then if they dared to say something, it was like, oh, fuck. Right. I mean, you're all fucking doing everything together. You have to be going crazy. Victoria and Emma both later claimed that the exhaustion really did a number on all the girls. And many of them dealt with bouts of severe depression from all the nonstop work and probably all the nonstop travel and probably just... The and not seeing their families or yeah. their other friends or having any sort of life outside of work. They had to be the Spice Girls 24-7 because, again, the tabloids followed them. Yeah. So they had to be on 
constantly. And I mean, they didn't want to be rude to their fans and they really appreciated the love that they were getting from their fans. So they mm-hmm. wanted to be able to be that for them. But also then they also they had to stand up to the tabloids. It was a lot to have to kind of always be on. Mel C. developed anorexia to deal with the stress, hmm. constantly working out to stay in shape and always obsessing over her food so she could hide her problem from those around her. And Jerry developed bulimia as the tabloids would claim her as the fat spice girl. Which is ridiculous. But that's what they do! She's barely five feet tall. Right? And barely a hundred pounds. I think she said at her lowest she was, I think they said seven stone, which is somewhere in like 80 to 90 pounds. That's insane. Yeah. Can you imagine being a full grown woman and only being like 85 pounds? Can you imagine I don't think I've been 85 pounds since I was, like, in second grade. So, no, I can't. That is less than half of what I weigh right now. Oh, that is much less than half of what I weigh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the thing. Even when she was probably, quote, unquote, fat, she's, like, what? Like, 5'1", 5'2", maybe 110 pounds? Yeah. I'm like, let's be honest. A lot of that's boobs. Yeah. Girl has a great rack. But, like, they only called her the fat one because she had boobs and a bit of a butt. Right, and they want to be shitty because tabloids will do anything to be shitty. Yep. And of course, you know, Jerry got the brunt of it because she's kind of the most out there dressing-wise, but also they had discovered at one point that there were nudie pics of Jerry. I do remember And they this. got run in the Playboy magazines. Mm. And, you know, now when Jerry tells the story, it's back before she was a Spice Girl mm-hmm. and doing whatever she could do to get a gig. She just had to get money. She sometimes lived in cars. She sometimes crashed on people's couches. She didn't have a way to really support herself. So one time a friend of hers said, yo, you can get $200 an hour just for taking your top off and getting some pictures taken. Jerry's going to take it. Yeah. Like, girl look good, first of all. Girl's confident. She needs 200 pounds. Get it, girl. She was already, uh, what was she, a topless waitress? Yeah, or a or dancer something? of some sort, yeah. Um, so what the fuck is taking pictures? Yeah. Like, Doesn't matter. But of course, you know, now she's in the biggest group in the world. Somebody sells them to Playboy and everybody's flipping their lids because... Everybody, and this was such bullshit, because everybody's saying, oh, well, you're supposed to be a role model for girls. But that's the beauty of the Spice Girls, is that you can be whatever you fucking want to be. And I'd like to think that now that we're in the 20-teens, and we're in this, like, postmodern feminism stage of saying, like, if you want to take your top off, that's your fucking choice. Yeah, if as long as you are the one making that choice. Exactly. And Jerry says, like, I made that choice. That was something I did. Like, I'm not even ashamed of it. And that is good for her. And that doesn't diminish her as a role model for young girls. Right. That makes her more of a role model because it's something that she did willingly. She, it was her decision to do that. She, they had her consent. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I need money. I don't really care if people see me without my top on. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And quite frankly, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have to explain to your child now? Like, people have sex. People get naked. Everyone has a genital. Yeah. Learning about it now, I'm like, so of course she gets so much heat for it. And that's just more stress on her and the girls. And, you know, she feels bad because she's all, I never wanted this to affect the group. This was just a decision I made on my own years ago. Right. I mean, fortunately, it in no way stopped them from being successful. And also, fuck Playboy. 
Because Playboy does this shit mm. all the fucking mm-hmm. time. And they published her photos without her consent. Mm-hmm. That's garbage. Mm-hmm. With the firing of Simon Fuller, there was definitely a bit of running around blind while the girls managed themselves and tried to make things work. But there was also a feeling of renewal. They were in charge of their own schedules now and how things should be done. There was an overall relief that hit the Spice Girls at the beginning of 1998. It's so weird that this is only 1998. Yeah, I want you all to think this. This is only this is four years. the beginning years. of 1998. Their first album came out third quarter, 96. Yeah. So this is only four years after they formed. Yes. They began their first world tour in Dublin. First world tour. Let me say this, this is their first, first world, world tour. tour. In Dublin that February, they did a few additional shows in the UK and had a brief break before going to America, which as we all know is like the fucking holy land for most people who are famous and want to fucking go on a world tour. Yep. When landing back in England, Jerry made it a point to say a very distinct goodbye to everyone, which the rest of the ladies found a bit odd, but shook it off and said, well, okay, I guess we're just not used to saying goodbye to each other because we're always around each other. There were a few live performances and interviews around this time, with the Spice Girls seemingly one member short. On camera, they would explain that Ginger was ill and hopefully would be better soon. However, behind the scenes was a lot of one-sided phone tag telling Jerry to get it together so they could go on their tour. Hmm. But in May 98, a definitive answer came when Jerry announced that she left the Spice Girls to pursue a solo career. At the time, there was a cryptic story about, like, Mel B not letting Jerry do an interview about breast cancer awareness by herself. And, like, she was upset about it and thought, oh, I can't even do this by myself. Now when Jerry tells the story, it sounds a lot more to be about wanting to be her own person and feeling like she was a very redundant member of a group that was she was no longer needed in. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, wasn't true. And all the girls come out and say... What do you mean? Yeah, of course we need you. We're Spice Girls. We're five. Like, we need you. But I think at the time, probably the stress and the exhaustion, I don't know. It sounds like it was kind of an excuse to just want to leave and just not do it anymore. Yeah, there's a lot of... Jerry is an interesting person because there's definitely layers to her. She is somebody who wants that fame and she wants to climb that ladder. She's a Leo. Mm -hmm. But... I don't think she wanted to be shitty about it either. And she just didn't know how to handle it. And instead yeah. she was like, instead of going on this world tour, I'm just going to leave and do a solo career. Yeah. Which the other girls were like, okay. Like, where did this come from? Everybody in the group now seems to handle it pretty diplomatically. But there was no doubt there was some bad blood at first. I mean, like, here they are on the precipice of their U.S. leg of their world tour. And now they have to go one Spice Girl short. The choreography and the lyrics now had to be changed up completely to compensate for the missing piece. Mm-hmm. Jerry kind of fucked them. Yeah. Like, I, I really like Jerry. I respect her. I think she's done what she can. I like some of her solo work I do enjoy. But, but she girl, come on. Yeah. You couldn't have just done this one fucking tour, sucked it up for a year, do the tour, and then just say, all right, I'm out. Yeah. The common courtesy. Anyway. Sure, there were some Ginger fans that were wondering if their favorite Spice would have a change of heart. At a few shows, you'd see signs asking, where's Ginger? Or saying, Ginger, we miss you. But that didn't stop the fans from coming out. The North American tour grossed $60 million and had 40 sold-out shows to boast. They should have gotten Meatloaf to um, fill in for. Oh. My. (laughs) God. (laughs) 
He's the meatloaf spice. Meat spice. Meat spice. Meat spice. Oh my god. Why did they think of that? I. Oh my god, meatloaf would've been a great addition to the fucking tour. <laughs> I mean, he can't dance, but he can sing. No, but he can sit in a chair and he can sing. Oh my god, he can play piano. Yes. Oh my god, they could do some meatloaf songs. I was just gonna say they can do objects in the rearview mirror. Maybe you're closer oh than they god. are. Yes, and then anything for love. Yeah, won't do and, that. Uh, my brain is broken. I can't remember. What dashboard light, love, sex, sex around the dashboard. <laughs> Why is the name of that fucking song? Something by the dashboard light. Yeah, uh, fucking But whatever. Shit. The point is, meatloaf, become the fifth Spice Girl. Let's go back in time. Let's fix this. Hold on. Paradise by the dashboard light. Oh, there it is. Got it. She did it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. My memory is not as broken as I thought it was. There we go. During the tour, good news came for both Victoria and Mel B when they discovered they were both pregnant. They finished up the tour, but in the beginning of 1999, both of their children were born, and the Spice Girls began to take things a bit more slowly. They finally pumped the brakes. When they realized they were pregnant. Well, and they had babies. They're like, ooh, we can't just... Okay. In the later half of 1999, the remaining four Spice Girls got together for one more studio album. It included the single Goodbye, which was actually written and recorded the year before while they were on tour. They said they wrote it for Jerry as they were dealing with her leaving the group. That's kind of sad. It's like a little sad video and oh, you're like, oh, guys. It's always kind of funny because in my, in, in my head, I always thought that Posh left first. No. She was, she was, she just wouldn't come back for the reunion. Yeah, well, I'll get to that. Okay. It's, 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 it's never easy. At this point, not. it ain't easy no more. Yeah. It's funny because by this time, I stopped liking the Spice Girls. I suppose, I like the Spice Girls up to, like, probably when Spice World came out. Because I was going from middle school to high school. Mm-hmm. And as I was going into high school, I became a new metal kid. Me too. And I was like, Spice Girls are stupid. It's like, I don't like Mariah Carey and Boys to Men anymore. I don't like the Spice Girls. I want to listen to corn. I shop at Hot Topic and think I like Slipknot. Like, no. Yeah, I definitely thought I liked Slipknot. I thought I, I did. I actually did like Slipknot. Slipknot was terrible. They I had the one good song. I really got about the only person who was like, I think I like Slipknot. <laughs> I'm just no. gonna pretend like I like Slipknot. All my other friends like Slipknot. So I, I, I like, like Slipknot. Slipknot. Question mark. That's what adolescence did to us. It made us think we liked Slipknot. <laughs> so naive. It's okay. It's fine. But yeah, so that's why I didn't realize that Ginger even left. Like all this stuff was news to me because I didn't pay attention. Yeah, we at this were point. all listening to new metal at this point. Sorry, so guys, it was ninety nine. I was Spice Girls didn't register on our radar anymore. I was too busy thinking about boys and new metal. And how big my pants could get. Oh my god, my pants were never big enough. Never. Anyway. <laughs> I digress. The album that said goodbye was on was called forever and it didn't do half as well as their previous two albums it had a much more mature sound but at this point boy bands and girl groups were just losing their steams at the turn of the century so the usual excitement just wasn't there i mean new metal i mean again new metal um they lost a lot of their younger fan base to new metal they really did. We've come back, though, guys, so it's fine. I mean, I I listen to the Spice Girls way more I, than I listen to, like, Limp Bizkit now. I would I'll tell so you that much, much prefer uh, Spice Girls to Power Man 5000. Don't even. 
During the recording, Mel C decided she finally wanted to create a solo album of her own. Finally. That unfortunately coincided with the recording of Forever, so she had to come in after hours to record her vocals. So really, it was just three Spice Girls at this point. Yeah, she didn't really get to hang out with anybody else. No, because she was like, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm also going to try to get rid of this nasty anorexia I'm dealing with. Which, good for you, Carl. That's a good idea. Yeah, she's, she's come a long way from there, actually. In March of 2000, the Spice Girls were honored at the Brits Awards with the Lifetime Achievement Award. It was around this time they realized it was probably time to put the girl group on the shelf so they could focus on their own lives for a while. Because even at this award show, Ginger still didn't show up. Wow. But the four of them did. And they just decided, now nah, we're all going to do our own things. So Mel C has released many solo albums to moderate success. She's had singles like I Turn to You, which is a fucking great song, and the duet When You're Gone with Brian Adams and a bunch oh. of others. Out of all the girls, she's had the most extensive and successful music career. Mm-hmm. Mel B has worked with the likes of, likes of Missy Elliott and Cisco and released two albums. She's done a lot of TV work. She's hosted shows like The X Factor and Dancing with the Stars. Now and she's, she performs in musicals as well. Now she's on America's Got Talent. Is she? It's She's on one of those. All right. Maybe it's, I don't. is X Factor still around? Maybe I don't know. We don't know. She's on Sorry, one. Of, she's TV. on one of those uh, Simon Fuller. She had shows. Eddie Murphy's baby. She did. That's also something she did, which I was like, "Go, go for you, girl. Go for it." I guess if you like Eddie Murphy, he's all right. Yeah. He likes to party all the. No, his girl likes to party all the time. I'd hang with his girl. I don't know if I want to hang with Eddie Murphy. I hang with Charlie Murphy. Rip. Hang with, yeah, rip Charlie Murphy. Victoria released one solo album and a handful of singles, but decided in 2004 to end her solo career so she could focus on fashion instead. I'm not being hyperbolic when I say I think she's almost better known as the wife of David Beckham as opposed to being Posh Spice. Now she is. Now they she's- had like reality shows. Again, they have like five kids. They're like British royalty. Yeah. Like, they're well-known here, but in Britain? Oh, forget it. Yeah. They're they're, they're, they're like, top. David Beckham doesn't really have to play soccer anymore because he just makes money existing. Um, I'm going to ask a dumb question. Does he still play soccer? No. He, I'm pretty sure he has not played soccer in a this, very long this time. This is by no means a dig. Like, isn't he too old? Because, like, usually they have to retire probably. I imagine most professional sports athletes retire in their 40s. And I know he's in his 40s. I imagine it's a lot like American football where you're, if you're in your mid-30s, you're old. Right. For being a professional athlete. So. Just because it does a fucking number on your body. Yeah. Treat yourself. But also, I mean, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. You know what? He can be a model for the rest of his life and he will he will get jobs well into old age and make a shit ton of money. He doesn't have to do shit anymore. Arguably the Beckhams don't have to do shit. Which I mean, good for you. Yeah, and now as much shade that I throw at Posh, I actually don't dislike her. I'm like And now her children are models. So Someone tried to kidnap Victoria and her face first baby once. Oh. There was like a whole plot to try to kidnap her, but they got caught before they could do it. Well, that's good. Somebody did their job. Emma has released three solo albums and has been in a ton of TV. From Ab Fab to The X Factor. She's even been in Drunk History. Who is this? Emma. Sorry. Oh, Emma. Spice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like she's been in a ton of stuff. It's crazy. Like She still does music here. Oh, I think 
her and Mel C did a song for the Pokemon soundtrack, I think, for the first movie, <laughs> which is adorable. But yeah, she still dabbles in music, but she's real like her TV list is extensive. She's actually a pretty good actress. She really is. I mean, you don't get to showcase your acting skills in Spice World. No one got to. It's they didn't even give them a chance. They really, really? didn't. <laughs> they really didn't. But what about Jerry, the first to decide to make it on her own? She had a solo career. She had three solo albums, and she did kind of get hazed pretty heavily with the first one due to the drama surrounding it. Yeah. A lot of people weren't happy that she left, especially because her Look At Me, which I do love Look At Me, that's a great song, mm-hmm. um, video had the hearse with Ginger on the side, and apparently a lot of children got upset about that. <laughs> she upset a lot of children, um, and then a lot of... Her friends were like, ooh, that was a bit of a train wreck album, wasn't it? And I was like, I didn't think it was that bad. But I think at the time, a lot of people saw it that way because, girl, you left the Spice Girls to do your own thing at the height of your fame? Girl. Balls. She got balls. She got balls. I will give her that. But also to common courtesy. Mm-hmm. Just like, do the tour, go home, and then do your solo career. At least wait till the end of the tour. Yeah, don't f- don't leave that quick. And not even be like, hey, guys, I'm fucking leaving because this shit sucks. No, I'm going to be real cryptic about it. I'm just going to, like, stay home and go, I'm sick. I'm sick. I got the black lung, pa. Oh, she did, though. The black lung of, I'm going to never come back to the band. (laughs) The Spice Girls black lung. I guess. (laughs) But it's funny because she doesn't do too much music anymore. Now she's actually more interested in writing children's books. Ironic. I Yeah, I guess. That's kind of ironic. Well, fear not, fans, because on June 28th, 2007, all five of the Spice Girls held a press conference stating that they would be embarking on a reunion tour. After getting together personally for a few months before, they realized how much they missed each other and all the fun they had together, and they even brought brought back manager Simon Fuller. Time does heal all wounds, it seems. Mm. That tour sold the fuck out. Mm Mm-hmm. Making $107.2 million in ticket and merchandise sales on a tour that lasted less than a year. Most of the dates sold out within minutes. Pretty much all of the ones in England. A lot of the ones in the US and and just everywhere. That shit was... You were lucky to get a ticket to that. Yeah. The comeback single headlines, parentheses, Friendship Never Ends, came out to mixed reviews, but was generally liked, and it was used as a Children in Need single for 2007. A few years later, in 2012, they did have a couple quick reunions, notably when they performed at the closing ceremonies for the Summer Olympics, and also to promote a new musical called Viva Forever. The musical is very much in the stylings of Mamma Mia, where they use the group's music, but it really has nothing to do with anything, and they kind of mm. make the story around it. Gotcha. Yeah. They said they kind of base it loosely on the Spice Girls' lives because it's, like, about a girl group and stuff. But it's, I mean, I don't, I, I don't like musicals like that. Saying I don't it. like musicals, so. Right. But <laughs> at least I have stands saying I like musicals. I just don't like musicals like that. In 2016, they attempted another reunion tour. But with Mel C and Victoria both declining to join due to other commitments. Again, like, Mel C's got her music career, she's doing her own thing, as Mm -hmm. well as Victoria doing her fashion and such. They canceled the project, though, once they discovered Jerry was pregnant. Oh. However, just this month, 
It's been announced that the Spice Girls are once again touring next year. This time, Melcy is on board, but Victoria is still sitting this one out. Of course. So once again, we're getting just a foursome, but clearly they've made it work in the past, so they'll likely make it work again. And, I mean, I think it's just going to be, they're going to be those bands that do little moderate reunion tours as they get older and people will go and see them because whenever they need some money it's fine or even just they're like you know i'm a little bored this month let's do a little reunion tour but victoria has enough money with her own shit so she doesn't need to do it she doesn't need to do it for money i would hope that she just sees the value in doing it to make people happy i don't think that's her thing (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i don't think her thing yeah no that's not her thing back on the dissed posh train but honestly they can do it points she's very important she points a lot she points a lot guys if they ever need a pointer then then they can really beg you can get fucking meatloaf would point like a champ you can get meatloaf to fill in for posh any tour. Yes. He will happily agree and he can point the shit out of that index finger. Yes, he can. In closing, the legacy left by this girl group cannot be understated. At face value, it's easy to look at it and write it off due to its high cheese factor. But if you go deep into the layers, you can see how genuine these women are to support each other and lift each other up through good times and bad. And at a time when women were singing about cute boys, they skipped right over it and wanted to promote girl power and the importance of respecting yourself. They wrote their own songs. They had assistance, but they had their own lyrics and they had their own vision. They had their own direction. They did a lot more than their contemporaries did. Yeah. Like, what? how many songs did the... The NSYNC, right? Did the NSYNC. The NSYNC. Wow, I'm a grandma. But they even tried to manage themselves. Come on. That's some some fucking cojones. That's some ovaries right there. Yeah. The Spice Girls helped pave the way for women to be independent and to be themselves. Through everything, I mean, they are a very positive group. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to watch them, even interviews now. Yeah, maybe there's some shade and some shit that goes on behind the scenes, but they don't let people see it, which I think is nice. And think about it, too. When Jerry left, she didn't leave because of a man. She didn't leave because, like, I fucking hate sporty and we fight all the time. Like, she didn't drag she anybody in the mud. She was fucking exhausted. She was, she was tired and she yeah. just wanted to do her own thing. And out of all the reasons you're going to leave, that's, like, probably the most, like, powerful. You know, I feel like in so many of those situations, it's like women are like, well... I like this boy, or, oh, I don't like that that boy likes you, or I don't... Or because of some catty, stupid reasons, or some, you know, claws out in fighting, which didn't happen, and that's kind of great, because they they built themselves on a platform of supporting other women and supporting each other, so if it did go down in some kind of, like, she said, she said way, that would have counteracted everything that they had done up to that point exactly and they they see that too and maybe there was some she said she said stuff like i said there it's it's kind of hard to tell what the exact if there was like was if there was then good for them for somehow keeping it out of the public eye exactly you know they don't air their shit out which is great and really in a time like now with the me too movement all this stuff we still need to remember Girls, don't drag each other through the mud. Don't fucking bring each other down. But also, it's perfectly 
human and perfectly normal to not get along with everybody. Yeah. But if you don't get along with everybody, you don't have to drag them through the mud right. on your way out. You don't have to be you a You can just be like, you know it. what? This isn't working for me. I'm just going to leave. Yeah. And that's kind of what Sherry did. She didn't handle it great. I still think she should have just toughed through the tour and then left. Yeah. That would have been the ideal situation. But at the same time, at least she didn't. Nobody ran around and talked shit. Right. There was no crazy, oh, well, baby hates posh now and blah, blah, blah. There wasn't that. So even when they're at their lowest and they're breaking up, they're still dignified as fuck. Mm -hmm. They're still holding themselves to the highest standard, carrying themselves like absolute just charming people who are like, I'm not going to fucking play your game. Yeah. So good for you. But I also think in a way, considering the message that they had, they were a little bit beyond their time because there wasn't really a major um, feminist movement in the late 90s. No. We had the... Girl um, power arguably was our feminist movement in the late 90s. Well, I mean, you had the riot girl movement happening on the West Coast of America Mm -hmm. in the early 90s, and that kind of petered out by, like, 96. Mm -hmm. And we were... You and I and our generation were a little bit too young for that. Yeah. We kind of just missed that. And also, it was a very concentrated thing. It really was. And it was... It was associated with grunge, which was huge, but also still kind of a sub-genre. Yeah. So... I mean, the Spice Girls were everywhere. And the Spice Girls were everywhere, and their main thing was girl power, respecting yourself, respecting other women. Yeah. Which was kind of floating in this weird time frame between... In this weird bubble between grunge and now, which is super pro-women, pro-feministic views... So they definitely were a stepping stone to but, it. Yeah, they they were the bridge that we needed. Yeah. Between 100%. the two. And you can't deny that. You can't ignore that. They had the message of girl power and they really drove it. They did. Like, right into your fucking brains. They really did. They really drove that home. So And it, you might think that they were a little bit cheesy. And they probably they were, they but they were also yeah. like young twenties. Yeah, but they they also had a legitimate message, and yeah. I like that. I like that they weren't all like boy crazy, and you know, like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera were huge, but they were also just talking about boys. And, yeah, like oh, oh I'm, I love, so, my, I love boy. my boy, get my boy back to me. But these get were my like boy back, I yeah. need him. Yeah. Or like Brandy and Monica with the boy is mine, which was fucking huge oh, that was a and it great was just fucking two, jam though it was but it was just two women fighting over a dude who was like cheating on both of them like right side the music video had them at the end together true so so everyone was like so are they on the same side yeah like is were. the guy the wrong one yeah, the guy everyone is totally was confused wrong. and nobody I clarified i was like oh shit that boy's a piece of shit fuck he you. is a piece of shit he's a piece of shit yeah but it was nice to see a girl group who were all about girl power and being friends with fellow women yeah. and not tearing them down. And and liking you for who you are. Yeah. You never said you had to look a certain way, do a certain thing, feel a certain way. You just had to be yourself and be right. good to other people. Right. That's, we still need that shit. We arguably need that we shit We still more. need the Spice like right Girls. Now. Posh, you gotta come back. We come need on, you. Posh. You need to come 
what's wrong with you? Just get your shit together. Just get together. Put it in a designer backpack. She got she got a lot of designer bags. Fucking, I don't care what you do with it. You bring it to the fucking shit store. Bring it on tour with you because you need to go back on tour with the girls. Bring it to the Spice Girls Museum. You know, just put it in a bag. That might just get your shit end together. up being another concert we need to go to though maybe are we gonna impulse buy tickets to fucking spice girls maybe because we impulse bought tickets to iron maiden after we recorded our last episode yeah i don't know i don't know if my credit card can handle it i mean we could just buy we could buy tickets to every concert that we for a band that we cover if we can we have that money no we don't we don't though though. all right new con i'm gonna play soccer for two years you do that. I'm going to sit my ass here and not play soccer. I'll come back with bags of money. All right. Got it. And then we can go see all the concerts. All the concerts. That's what it's for. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I think that's good on Lay Spice Ladies for today. Lay Spice Ladies. Lay Spice Ladies. That's. I don't even know if that's French. French for the Spice Ladies. I don't know. The point being... Hope you guys enjoyed listening about some little girl power. I hope it felt refreshing because I, I needed a break from the dude bros. Yeah. I love yeah. the dude bros, but I needed a break. It was nice. It was good. I think we're going to continue with the lady. We episode. are going to continue with a little break next week. So, yeah. you know, mount up for that one because it's going to be more, it's going to be more badass bitches. Get your, get your palettes ready. Because it's, it's going to need it. It's going to need a little be- preparations. But yeah, all right. So thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you. We appreciate you giving us our your time and just, you know, being cool. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Proud of you. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> if you want to hit us up for any reason, we have a website, www.rockcandypodcast.com. And we have a Twitter page at Rock Candy Pod. And our Facebook and Instagram are at Rock Candy Podcast. So hit us up on any and all of those things. Talk to us. Talk to us. I love it when people comment oh, on our Instagram. My God, you've been posting some choice Metallica memes lately. I still have some more I can post. Oh my God, I love them. They've been they've been great. They've been <laughs> making me very happy. And usually I'm the one on Twitter just talking bullshit. So I will always talk bullshit on Twitter too. Just keep listening to us. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. That'd be cool too. We'd appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep giving you guys more sweet, sweet content before the year rounds up. So look out for that. Yay. All right. Woo. And with that, party on, Ashley. Oh, where's my class? Oh, party on, Maggie. <laughs> party on. You crazy kids out there. Bye. Bye.